like I just wonder where I would be without me like self-hating on myself this whole time if I am so successful uh, right now where would I be if I had not like been like the negative internal talk in my mind you know uh, but again I think things happen for a reason um, I, uh, I would definitely choose my husband again and I would definitely choose medicine again um, but yeah I, I think if we just were taught like even high school or in college like hey you're responsible for you and that's it and who cares what anybody else thinks people are just saying words right and we switch you make of them then it would be such I think a different thing but at the same time who knows maybe I, it wouldn't have been as impactful to understand that now right hello and hola friends Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome, bienvenidos. So, okay, I love how you talk about, yeah, how life coaching really kind of helps you turn around from this place of reactivity to linking your emotions to your actions so you can actually have control over what you're feeling and then what you're what you're doing because of what you're thinking. So that is perfect, you know, and especially as you mentioned for people with ADHD, this is what I'm thinking when you're talking about that. Because earlier you talked about being from a Mexican heritage, from your Mexican family and everybody's loud and high energy and impulsive. And do you think there's any link there like are there more mexicans who have adhd or are as a, why is that culture a certain way as opposed to like i mean what we haven't even talked about your husband what culture he comes from and can we make any links or inferences there or is it just i don't know it's just fascinating i just figured it out yeah yeah so here's the thing like i i feel like and, and I might be making a generalization and I might not know uh, that. It's maybe just my own opinion. But I feel like Latin American people are just like happy, happier. They just love the music. They just, uh, this is just the way they express themselves. That's how I see it, right? Um, but at the same time, now that I spoke out more about having ADHD and I've gone on different podcasts and people have started reaching out to me and I've actually been interviewing some people from all different ethnicities I will uh, and physicians who are like you know from Egypt from uh, Australia from from all over the world and what I found is that is fascinating is that they're either a first or second generation and it's it makes sense because the people who are usually immigrants, like it takes cajones, right? To like move to another place, right? Like totally new lifestyle. Uh, I mean, maybe Christopher Columbus was had ADHD, who knows, right? Like to travel the world to like be like, who, I don't know what's on the other side. Let me just go check it out, right? And so it makes sense that 
maybe people who are immigrants or people who are doing like awesome businesses are just risk takers. They have probably ADHD and everybody in their family has it. And it's like the norm. So nobody makes it mean anything. Uh, and so it could be that. And, and then eventually you get to a place where um, whatever you were doing, like maybe you have the birth of a kid or you get promoted or you get to med school and then you're like, shoot, it's my executive function got saturated. There's nothing else there, you know? Ah, okay. So are you first or second generation? Uh, my, my parents grew up in Mexico. I was born in Texas, but I grew up in Mexico till I was 10. And then I learned English uh, at 10. And so, yeah. Okay. So then you are first generation. I mean, wow. Okay. So you, you were born here, went back to Mexico. Where in Mexico did you grow up until 10? In, in Rio Bravo, Tamaulipas, it's like 30 minutes from the border there in Texas, in South Texas. So literally, like, if you, it's so weird, like, an hour swap and, like, a totally different lifestyle, right? Mexico and, like, in South Texas, yeah. Even though South Texas is kind of like Little Mexico, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it is pretty much Little Mexico. We were talking about this earlier, you know, like, my mom, who was on the podcast last month, she grew up in, in the Valley. She grew up in, in McAllen slash Far, whatever, Brownsville area. So I definitely know that that area well. I think it's it's basically just Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in the fifties, I know it was quite different though. Fifties and sixties when she grew up, it was it was very different. But um so Ethel, let's talk about your husband. What is what culture is he? Yeah, so he is Jewish. Um Okay. Yeah, and his family is really small, um, which was for me, like a big culture shock, uh, kind of, and I'm sure for him, it was a big culture shock to have so many people, right? So just so you you understand what I mean, like, so his, he has one aunt, <laughs> one aunt. Wow. Yeah. And that aunt has three kids. That's it. That's it. So that's all his cousins. And so uh, it was uh, like it was his dad and his aunt, his his aunt. The, those are the two people, uh, and that's it. And so like his great grandpa uh, came. Uh, well, they they were sir. He was a. They had a different last name. They they're from Jewish descent, and so they were trying to get away from you know everything that was happening uh, during the Holocaust, and so they adopted the name Marmarage by looking at a train station wherever they were at. That was the name of it, and so they said that their last name was Marmarage, and that's how they made it to America. And wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or escaped having like a Jewish right. last name. Exactly. Wow. And so like now, like he, they can't even remember what their last name was prior to this because they've, you know, the everybody who, who was before them like have all passed away. So there's like no like big links, right? And so, and David has a small, that's my husband's name. He has like a small family. Like he only has one brother and like his brother, he was uh, living here in, in in Florida and actually moved to Croatia with his wife. So now they're in Croatia and they have two kids and that's it. So it's like such a small uh, family, so to say, like compared to my family, like my mom's side has like seven brothers and sisters. My dad's side had like 11 brothers and sisters. And then like each of them had like three to four kids. And then each of them have like, kids now too right so it's like 
huge, right? And, and so a typical uh, wedding for any of us would have probably been like a thousand people, just relatives, right? And so, so we compromised. Like I was in, I was in, um, in residency, and we're like, well, let's just do like a carnival, like a uh, wedding, like a cruise wedding, and that way, the people that really want to come, they're not just coming for like a free meal. Like they'll come and hang out, like with us for like five days, so we can actually like talk to them because you know how. Ma- weddings are right like they come they take a picture and like oh thank you for coming from such long place and you never see them again right versus like and then they probably bring their friends too exactly <laughs> they might bring exactly exactly and you're like you don't even know who their friends are you're like yeah and so we ended up having that uh a, a cruise wedding and so the interesting thing was well i'm catholic and he is a jewish but if you ask him he'll tell you he's atheist that's another story, but, uh, <laughs> and I think he says that because, because he does not like the extremes. Like he doesn't like that people, you know, punish each other for the sake of saying I'm more religious than you are, or you're, you know, I'm more important than you are. So the fact that he calls himself whatever he wants to call himself, but we have the same thinking in terms of being generous and doing things for others because we want to, not because one day we're going to go to hell or something like that. Then I think that's why we're okay with not labeling anything. So our kids are not baptized at this moment or anything, and we're just going to let them. uh, And we have taken them to the Jewish uh, temple and we have taken them to the Catholic church, uh, but we are not like enforcing anything, so to say. so that's been interesting, but you could only imagine I got a blessing at, you know, a little blessing from my priest that came to my wedding and his parents were like, oh my God, what did you just do? He, he just, Jesus does, you know, and it was like, <laughs> it was hilarious. And I was just like, here, have a little wine. It'll be okay. <laughs> wow. And then your parents, I'm thinking about what are your parents thinking about this, right? Not baptizing their grandchildren. Yeah. So my mom, like she was going back and forth with it. And at the end she was just like, well, whatever, you know, what is the best for your kids? As long as you are being, you're in a place that somebody values you and respects you and is taking care of you and your kids. It doesn't matter. Only, you know, what's great for your family. And that's that. So I was like, but not everybody's like that. You already, you know, you have the tias and the tios who are like, oh my God, they're going to hell. And they're like trying to throw holy water at them every time you pass by. And you're just like, Really, Tia? I'm like, just just turn on a candle for me. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, light all the candles for us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that thank God, thank goodness for your mother. And she sounds super sweet. And uh, yeah, like just understanding. So we don't even have to have a manual for her, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, I have plenty for everybody. <laughs> so, Diana, tell me. What is the best financial decision or the smartest financial decision you have ever made in your life? Life coaching. Ah, once again. Of course, I before life coaching, I would have told you to invest in education, and of course, I probably that's the best decision that would have been. But in terms of now where I am in my life, I think understanding that I am emotionally 
and responsible for my own happiness and my own decisions and the way I show up to other people and that I don't have to wait for other people's approval made the whole difference. You know, it would have just saved me so much hassle going through college, going through med school, going through whatever, like waiting for other people to accept me into their circles or whatever. Um, Had I just, like, I just wonder where I would be without me like self-hating on myself this whole time. If I am so successful uh, right now, where would I be if I had not like been like the negative internal talk in my mind you know uh but again i think things happen for a reason um i uh, i would definitely choose my husband again and i would definitely choose medicine again um but yeah i, I think if we just were taught like even high school or in college like hey you're responsible for you and that's it and who cares what anybody else thinks? People are just saying words, right? And with what you make of them, then it would be such, I think, a different thing. But at the same time, who knows? Maybe I, it wouldn't have been as impactful to understand that now, right? There are a lot of podcasts out there. Murder mysteries, breaking news. There's even a podcast about garden gnomes. But instead, you're here learning how to be the best physician you can be. Smart move. Do you know what else is a smart move? Working a locum tenens assignment with Comp Health. Now, I know what you're thinking. You already have a job, but that's the best part. You can work flexible locum assignments on the side for extra income, or you can work locums full-time too. And to top it all off, locums almost always pays more on average. Just head to financialresidency.com forward slash comp health and see what locums can do for you financially. my gosh you just said it right it's like magic it's like where are you gonna go from here like you're actually in the most perfect spot you could ever be in your whole life. it doesn't even matter what happened before right you you found the coaching you fa- you found you know your ADHD medication you found your husband and now look where your life is going from here you're exact you're exactly where you need to be we have both learned to love that phrase right shout out Sunny Sunny Smith <laughs> well that's perfect and then uh, any other any empowering money thoughts you want to share with our audience? Yes. So I think this is where I'm so grateful. Again, I keep talking about my husband, but yes, I am so grateful with my husband. Uh, I guess we go back again to a cultural um, thing, right? They say that Jewish people just save money and they're good with their money. Well, he is. And not only is he good and he saves money, but he is very... Um, he's all hands in. So it, hence why I injured my, my ankle, right? Like he was retiling our bathroom, right? Like who does that out of their own? Like, let me just retile the whole bathroom. I'll send you the picture. It looks pretty amazing. It looks like a <laughs> $15,000 like project, right? So oh, please do share it. <laughs> yes. So the, the point is that because he understands money and he understands that time and money, you can have you can't have both, right? Like you can have more more money and you can then free up some time. Or if you're gonna invest your time, you might not have all the money, right? And so it, you understand that, and then you decide what you value more or what is more important. And so for us, like having a financial 
stable money in the bank, even though uh, his his dad was an eye doctor that then became a, a real estate agent and an investor. And he retired and just did investing this that whole other time. He was like, I'm not going to look at eyes anymore. I'm just going to invest. And so he's been learning some stuff from there. And so he knows how to use that, which me, I'm like, I don't know if it's the fact that um, um, it just scares me and I'm just like, you you do it, you take care of it. But at the same time, is being aware that, you know, you decide what is important. Like, so for me, financial is travel. Like, I want to go and meet people and use my money that way to have new, new um, ways of learning the world and seeing their cultures and experiencing their food. Um, and, and education and your health, right? Like those two, those three things, I'm probably blind how much I spend on because to me, it's the return of investment that you're going to get, right? Um, so financially, I think knowing that we both meet in that, even though, like I said, I am a little bit more impulsive, <laughs> um, he, he trusts me that I'm going to find a good deal or I'm going to have done my research, you know, and when I'm buying something, it's going to be okay. And, and I think that was taught to me from my family because we, we come from a humble beginning. Like I think um, my, I was looking at a few, a few uh, months ago, I was looking, finally getting to declutter everything, throwing away stuff from like financial aid stuff when I was in college and seeing my parents, <laughs> seeing my parents like uh, W-2 forms. And I was just like, oh my God, my dad only earned like $40,000 a year or something. And then like my mom had, even though she got her college degree, uh, in Mexico, like as a chemist, she became a housewife and she didn't start working again until I started at St. Mary's in college. And she, um, I think she was earning like eight to 10,000 and it, and she was using that money, like some of it to pay for whatever part I needed for my college. And so it's just interesting how, um, I, I never would have realized that that's how little money like my family had because I felt like I didn't miss anything. Like I had everything, right? Like I had my my house, my food, my friends. Like I went to any like educational trip I wanted to, uh, I, you know, and, and paying like a thousand dollars for a flight because back in the day I didn't realize you could like instead of flying out of McAllen which is a small little thing that I could drive up to San Antonio or to like Austin and then fly out for like three hundred dollars instead of a thousand like I nobody taught me that like now now you know but then well that's what it cost mijita you need it we'll pay it right and so it goes back to that like being grateful that the little that you have you stretch and now that you do have you turn back and you give to others so that they can grow right like I remember like getting like scholarships from like random people just because they saw an article that I posted and I was so grateful because those would pay like books right like those books were expensive $300 $500 you know and but I would always be like on half.com or like talking to a friend be like hey do you have old books like is it really changed? Like I was trying to always stretch my money, you know, but I think learning both ways, like learning how my husband didn't have to pay like tuition 
because his family helped him, like that was such a less pressure for him, right? And and now knowing that, okay, whatever I had, like three, $400,000, you know, I ended up having, like eventually was going to be paid off because he had financial sense and we can put it together, right? Well, that's perfect. You guys are just absolutely perfect for each other. I mean, like there's so many balances in your marriage that I'm hearing here from like just your impulsiveness, his pl- analyzing, thinking, your guys' your different cultures, and now even your financial decisions. I, I just... I love it. I love it, Diana. So is there anything, as we wrap up here, are there any other important points that we didn't bring up that may pertain to medicine, marriage, and money or, you know, motherhood? We didn't talk about motherhood, but anything you just kind of leave our audience walking away with? Yeah. So I, I would say something about motherhood, which was probably, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, it's a topic on some people and it goes back to money and to medicine and it, it ties it all together, which is like IVF. Um, you know, my first baby was an IVF baby. And you could only imagine like, uh, having to um, think about, oh, my God, I'm gonna invest, right? He wanted to say spend, I wanted to say invest, um, you know, twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on a procedure that might or might not work, right. But the whole thing about it's the emotion that drives you, right? Like the emotion was I wanted to be a mom, right? And I would have probably paid who knows what I would have paid, right? Um, And so it goes back to having that communication with the doctor to know what is realistic, what is not realistic with your partner to make sure he's not or she's not doing something that they don't want to do, regardless of the money or not the money, right? Um, And then trusting yourself to really be honest with yourself, whether this is worthwhile doing or not, like the emotional toll it's going to have if it doesn't take or if it does take or, or all that. Right. And so would I do it again in a heartbeat? Um, but you, you, there's a reason why they suggest counseling before going through something like that. And there's a reason why, Sometimes when we want things, the more we want, it seems like everybody you would turn around and it's like, they're all pregnant. They don't even want to be pregnant, they're, you know? And then you're like so pissed off that that they don't even want to be pregnant and you're trying to be pregnant and you're like, I would be perfect. You know, I have stability. And, and so the thing, the thing is that every, don't give up on whatever dream you have, like your time's coming, but make sure you are, and, and, and it's so funny because it would be like, just relax. And you're like, really? How the hell do you relax? Like, the more you would tell me to relax, the more stressed I would be, right? And so... Oh, don't tell me to relax. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my first one didn't take. My second one took. And then I think I was three or four months uh, postpartum. And all of a sudden, I was pregnant again by myself <laughs> the second time. And I was exclusively breastfeeding. And so... You just never know, right? Like, of course, I was so happy that that happened because it saved me money <laughs> because I didn't have to go back again uh, because I was willing to do it again. Uh, but at the same time, like, life just has ways of working out. But you need to 
communicate with your spouse and with your doc and with everybody else around. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I just love it, Diana. Well, in case people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yes, please uh, reach out to me at my website. It's uh, www.adhd-lifecoach.com or send me an email at overachieve with ADHD at gmail.com. And yeah, let's connect and tell me your stories because I'm sure you have plenty. <laughs> yeah, and those, that, that website and your email will be in the show notes as well, your Instagram and TikTok. So go follow her, Diana Mercado 331 on Facebook and Instagram and at Dr. What's that? Under underscore ADHD coach TikTok. So we'll connect there. And thank you so much again for coming on my show, Dr. Mercado. Awesome. It was a blast. Bye. What a lovely second edition as part two with Dr. Diana Mercado and my take home points from part two. Number one. Be generous because you want to, not because you may go to hell if you're not. Number two, remember you are responsible for you. And that's it. People may say words, they might do things, and you get to decide what you make those words and those actions of the other people mean. You get to decide how long you spend worrying about what others think about you or say about you. I mean, it's completely up to you if you want to give them the power. You will never find happiness or true joy when you're constantly waiting for somebody to say something or not say something about you. That's searching for external validation. If you continue to search for external validation or care what other people are thinking or saying about you, you're going to miss what's actually going on inside yourself. And my friends, you may die searching for external validation and never really paying attention to what's inside your own body. Number three, no need to feel like you're missing out because you don't have enough money. What does that mean anyway? What is not enough money? Have you ever felt like you don't have enough money? Well, if you haven't, then you can just skip this part, but if you ever have felt like you don't have enough money and if you only had a little bit more, what, is, what does that even mean? Dr. Mercado grew up with very relatively very little money, she said in her family, um, in her immigrant family. She, but you know what? She never felt like she missed out. She always had what she needed. She always needed what she had. And the little that she did have, she would use, her family would, the little they did have, they would give. They would give back to the relatives, to the other people in need. Remember, money is just a number in your bank account. And it's that's all it is. Whether you have $1, $1,000, or $1 million, that is a number. That's the fact. How you choose to interpret that, create the relationship you have with money. That, my friends, is worth digging into and number four first generation immigrants just seem to have more cojones <laughs> and i hope you walk away asking yourself 
Would you rather have more time or more money? And what is more time or more money? What if the time and money you had right now was already enough? What do you choose to do with it? And that is it, my friends. Thank you so much. If these questions provoke any sparks in your mind and you just want to dig deeper, you want to dig deeper about what is more time? What is more money? Do I not feel like I have enough? Are you feeling stuck in your relationship with money or your spouse or any of these things? Reach out to me. I would love to help you get unstuck to live life more fully, more in love, with less fighting, less internal arguments in your mind, less drama, and just investing smarter in in yourself and in your future. So reach out to me. I would love to help you feel less misunderstood and more appreciated. Don't forget to join the party on Facebook at Medicine, Marriage, and Money, which is open to anybody. And also the 39.6 community where my husband talks about all things finance, investing, and taxes. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. I really appreciate your shares with other friends who you think would find this information valuable with your five-star rating on Apple iTunes podcasts and your subscribes. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I do appreciate it because without listeners, I would likely not be still doing this. So thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart in this warm December 2021. I hope you spread unconditional love and joy into this world. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.